It's France. It's Denmark. It's Tunisia. And it's Australia. It's Group D. And it's the 2022 FIFA World Cup in Qatar. It's the International Soccer Preview by Soccer Files Canada. Now we are going to move on to part three. And we'll begin with a, uh, just a reminder of this, uh, a summary of their uh, history and a look at their form going into this cup. So we'll start with France. So overall, France is not as consistent as, as other top teams are, at least in their qualifications and records of reaching the cup. Their peaks seem higher, and apart from the current period of strength, they are represented by the influence of a particularly great player, allowing us to identify the juice font so, sorry to identify the juice fontaine years around 1959 the Platini years around 1985, and the Zidane years stretching from 1998 to 2006. But the valleys also seem lower with their worst period from 1962 to 1980. In recent years, though, those valleys have not been as severe and have come in the form rather of terrible lapses in the cups in 2002, 2008, and 2010. However, Recently, they seem to be enjoying a fourth strong period. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the period from 2008 to 14 uh, was flat and uninspiring uh, rather than being a period of notable weakness. But as has always been the case, hosting pulled them out of it. Um, and second place in the 2016 Euro Cup was followed by a World Cup victory in 2018. It featured a strong team with many good players, um, but not an identifiable leader like in previous good periods. Euro 2020 was a disappointing round of 16 finish, um, and the 2022 uh, uh, World Cup qualification was uninspired with, with three draws in a fairly weak group, though they did finish a clear first. The 2022-23 uh, Euro Nation League um, is going poorly as they lead into this cup, and despite being grouped uh, with arguably almost all second-tier teams in Denmark, Croatia, and Australia, they nevertheless face relegation or the prospect of it, uh, to League B. Right, and that's uh, Austria. Austria, uh, sorry. Yeah, no problem. All right, well, that's France. And uh, moving on to Denmark, I'll start with a summary, and then Connor will talk about the form. So apart from a fourth-place finish in 1964, Denmark didn't reach a tournament, either World Cup or Euro Cup, until 1984. From that time, they reached about half of the World Cups, they gained a reputation for doing well once there, passing the group stage four of the five World Cups they reached. Euro competition is better on the whole, though. They're uh, more consistent in reaching the Cup since 1984, missing only twice in a flat period between 2008 and 2016. In Euro Cup play, they've dropped at the group stage about half the time. However, when they have gone beyond the group stage, they've, they've done excellently, reaching the semi-finals three out of four times in 1984, 1992, and 2020, and going on to win the title in that amazing 1992 campaign. Uh, the flat period between 2008 and 16 in Euro Cup play 
was reflected uh, in 2006 to 2014 World Cup play. They came out of it, though, with a round of 16 finish in the 2018 World Cup and a semi-final finish in the 2020 Euro Cup. That puts them at a peak of form, and they currently stand first in their UEFA uh, Nations League A group, uh, which started with a win in France. Right. Moving on to Tunisia. Uh, Tunisia has had three peaks. Uh, once at the beginning of their career in uh, in the mid-60s, where they finished in the top three in two of their three African Cup appearances, and the next in 1978, where they both reached the World Cup and took fourth place in the African Cup, and finally around the turn of the century, where they qualified for three World Cups in a row and won the African Cup as host in 2004. However, they had a long, flat period from the mid-60s to the mid-90s, with 1978 being their only success. In recent times, they've continued to qualify for the African Cup, and they remain competitive in World Cup qualification, but they have not gone beyond the quarterfinals in the African Cup since 2004. And uh, I think I'm correct in saying they've never passed a group stage of the World Cup. Is that right, Connor? That's correct. Right. So recent results may make current times uh, a fourth peak of their strength. Yes, Tunisia were not weak before 2019 as they had been the previous century. Uh, they regularly reached the quarterfinals of the African Cup. But given the quarterfinals was their ceiling and they had not reached the World Cups in 2006, it was certainly an unglorious period. Breaking that ceiling with a fourth place finish in 2019 and two successful World Cup qualifications in 2018 and 2022 is an improvement in form. Add to this a second place finish in the reinvigorated Arab Cup in 2021, uh, which promises to become a fairly major competition, and the future for Tunisia is boding well. All right, and we'll finish with Australia. Uh, Australia's dissatisfaction with the OFC, the uh, Oceanic Football Confederation setup, is illustrated by their limited opportunities to reach the World Cup. They qualified only for the 1974 World Cup between 1966 and 2002. The OFC also afforded them little opportunities to hone their skills against strong opposition. Moving to the AFC in 2007, sorry, uh, um, moving to the AFC had been their solution all along, and it seems to have been a good decision. However, the AFC's concerned, uh, concerns about making the region too big were valid, especially considering that it threatened to open the gate to island teams stretching half the way to South America. Uh, their worries that Australia would dominate, though, have not come to pass. Uh, they are a strong team that regularly takes one of the World Cup spots since, since joining in 2007. Uh, however, they only took the half spot in 2018 and 2022, uh, a quarter spot, actually. They did not dominate the Asian Cup, uh, again, doing well, but winning only one title when they hosted and appearing fairly benign in 2007 and 2019, where they only reached the quarterfinals. Uh, all in all, though, they seem a well-integrated member of the Asian Federation now. Australia are among the top-tier teams in Asia, although this is coming into question in recent years. They never dominated Asia as some thought they might, um, but the thought was more valid when they joined in 2007, having just passed the group stage of the 2006 World Cup. 
Since then, though, they only won the Asian Cup when they hosted in 2015. In 2018, they finished third in the final round of qualifying behind Japan and Saudi Arabia, uh, although they still made it to the World Cup, uh, beating Syria and Honduras in playoffs. And it was a very similar situation again this time around. In 2019, they were undone by second-tier teams in Jordan, who beat them in the group stage, and UAE, who knocked them out. Uh, their ranking has also dropped from the 20s in 2012 to around 40 in 2019. All right, well, that brings us on uh, nicely to our next section, where we do take a look uh, at the rankings. So uh, do you want to take us through it, Connor? Yeah, so starting with France, the pot one team, they're currently ranked fourth in both the FIFA and ELO systems, and they've been in the top four really since winning the World Cup in 2018. Um, so consistently uh, ranked among the top teams in the world. Yeah, they took a drop after 2010, so this is a good period for them. But, um, um, yeah. And, um, <laughs> sure. Uh, to Denmark. Yeah, Denmark um, were are 10th in FIFA and 9th in ELO. So both, both systems have them a top 10 team in the world. We mentioned Denmark having a flat period um, to kind of 2016 when their rankings were much lower, but they've actually been um, a top 20 team pretty consistently uh, from December 2017 onwards. Yeah, and actually uh, before that too. Right. Uh, okay. To yeah. Tunisia. Um, Tunisia is currently 30th in FIFA and 45th uh, in the uh, ELO system. Um, yeah, any comments on Tunisia historically? Uh, yeah, they've kind of uh, really never gone uh, below, I think, 60, around 60 is their lowest. Um, uh, no, I actually see that they, they have been as low as 80. So, uh, again, I would say they're at a fairly good point in their career. Yeah, and that's reflected by kind of a recent rise, especially in the ELO system. Mm-hmm. And then finally, um, Australia are ranked 39th, according to FIFA, and 43rd in ELO. So the ELO system actually has Australia ahead of Tunisia, though they're behind them in the FIFA rankings. Um, and Australia, it represents, a, I guess, a bit of a fall um, uh, from recent times um, due to some of their, I guess, struggles in qualification. Yeah, I mean, that's been going on for a while, I'd say over the last five years. And uh, before that, they were they were pretty solid uh, uh, in the 20 to 30 range. So, so um, as opposed to Tunisia, a bit of a, a bit of a weak period for them. Yeah. All right. Well, let's take a look at head to head. These teams haven't played each other that much coming from different regions, but do you want to give the overview and I'll add any specifics? Yeah. So uh, France has a winning record against Denmark, though it's close. Uh, France with three wins, one draw, and two losses. Right, and uh, the last time they played was in 2018, uh, where they tied 0-0, and before that was way back in 2002, so probably not relevant. We should mention that this is the fourth time that France and Denmark have been uh, face each other in the group stage of the World Cup since uh, 1998. Yeah, that's right, and actually at this stage they have an even record of... Um, uh yeah one yeah. win one tie I mean, one loss yeah yeah okay uh france and australia yeah france had never met tunisia um but france have met australia twice 
um, and they have a record of one win and one loss. Right, so in 2018, actually, uh, France won that game 2-1, but in the 2001 Confederations Cup, uh, Australia beat them. I'm not sure how relevant that is anymore. Yeah. Um, Denmark and Tunisia have never met, um, but Denmark and Australia met once, um, and that was in the 2018 World Cup group stage. Yeah, and they tied 1-1. And then um, Tunisia and Australia have met once. That was uh, in the 2005 Confederations Cup. Um, Tunisia won the game 2-0. All right. These teams have met each other uh, a couple of times in the Olympics, but uh, we really don't uh, cover that in this podcast. So we're going to move on to uh, odds. And um, Connor talked earlier about where they come from. Uh, in the group, do you want to summarize that? Um, in their pots, do you mean? Yeah, in their pots. Yeah, so France and Denmark are both kind of in the top half of their respective pots. And then there's a bit of a gap. Uh, Tunisia, the bottom-ranked team in pot three, but by rankings, truly a pot four team, um, and Australia uh, just a little bit behind them. So they're both, um, yeah, kind of essentially two teams that are pretty close to pot one and two teams that are kind of close to the opposite end in pot four. Um, and in terms of that kind of division, we see that reflected in their odds. Um, France are given uh, 93% odds of advancing uh, beyond the group stage. Denmark have almost a 65% uh, odds or two thirds odds of advancing. And then Tunisia and Australia um, have a 24% and about 27% respectively. So Australia slightly favored in the odds to advance. Right, slightly favored in ELO2 and slightly behind in uh, FIFA rankings. Okay, well, let's uh, take a look at the, uh, at the groups. Uh, any comments on the schedule of games there? I think in, in general, it can be favorable to play the, the strongest team with a pot one team last, just because they may have already qualified by that point and could perhaps play a B team. So in that case, that, that possible advantage goes to Tunisia, uh, who meet France in their final game. Uh, yeah, that's true. I mean, it might actually turn out that Australia has that advantage if, uh, if Denmark, um, you know, beat France like they did. Uh, in the recent UEFA Nations League Cup. That's right. Uh, okay, well, overall, I, I kind of see this group as uh, uh, split into two. I mean, you said it with the pots there, that France and Denmark seem, seem there seems to be a gulf between France and Denmark on the one hand and uh, uh, Tunisia and Australia on the other. Would you agree with that? Or do you think the weaker teams can overcome that? I do. I, I think the gulf is is pretty large. I mean, we have two top ten teams in the world, um, two teams that have um, you know done really well in in their recent uh, tournaments. Uh, France winning the twenty eighteen World Cup, Denmark getting to the semifinals of the recent Euros, um, and Tunisia, Australia, um, you know, do well to get to the cups, but generally don't get past the group stage. Uh, Tunisia never have, um, and uh, yeah, I there's a bit of a gulf in the rankings and I, I think it will be difficult for Australia or Tunisia to really challenge um, the top two. I agree. I think there's, you know, an outside chance of them kind of stealing a, a result. 
but I don't see them really stealing second place. Yeah. Uh, rather kind of battling for third between themselves. Uh, maybe we'll talk about that, but do you see uh, France as the uh, clear kind of winners here? Uh, not clear. Um, you know, France have, um, as we kind of talked about, have a very up and down history and they have at times failed spectacularly, including the last, uh, the World Cup after their last win. Uh, they won in 1998 and crashed out in the group stage without scoring a goal the next World Cup. Um, so, you know, it's, it's possible, but I think where, whereas France have been inconsistent, um, you know, I see their current team um, perhaps less vulnerable to that, and they have been a bit more steady since 2016. Um, but that said, Denmark are perhaps marked by consistency and very strong showings um, at tournaments. So, um, yeah, I don't think France, uh, to answer your question, I don't think France are clear favourites to win this group and their most recent meeting in the nation's league, which Denmark won, I think is a clear indication of that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think France has by far the most talented squad, uh, but they, they've often had talent. And the question is whether they can uh, bring it together. And there have been a few cups where they kind of uh, failed to, to bring it together, as you say, kind of spectacular lapses. And that happens often enough, I think, that there's a bit of a concern, uh, a bit of a concern here um, that, that France may be overconfident, as you say, which may have been the problem in 2002. Uh, and you compare that with Denmark's consistency. I mean, uh, sorry, I, I just meant to add there that France, uh, a bit inconsistent in qualifying too, um, as opposed to, to Denmark, who, who uh, don't have as many big names, big stars, but they have kind of uh, teamsmanship to make up for it. In fact, do you know how many players uh, play for Brentford in England? Because they kind of seem to be gathering there. Yeah, Christian Eriksen did last season, but doesn't anymore. But they have a Danish manager, and I know they have a number of Danes, but I, I don't know how many. Yeah, uh, nevertheless, I mean, it, it might not be a huge factor, but even without that... Uh, they, they, they pretty much know how to play with each other. And uh, mm -hmm. that, that kind of proved true in the 2020 uh, World Cup, where, or sorry, Euro Cup, where they were kind of um, um, brought together by uh, uh, Christian Eriksen's uh, heart attack on the field there. And that really seemed to kind of mold them into a strong group. So I got to say, Connor, I'm almost thinking of picking Denmark uh, as the winners over France here, but I don't think France would fall out of second place. Yeah. Do you see, do you think Denmark are worthy of their top 10 ranking, which, which both FIFA and ELO seem to agree on? Uh, that seems a little bit high to me. And, and if we look at it historically, uh, um, Denmark tend actually not to, uh, um, not to have strong performances twice in a row, you know, uh, in fact, this is the, the only time, this 2018 and 2022, the only time they've uh, qualified for two Cups in a row. Um, and if we look at the Euro Cup, they've never passed the group stage for two times uh, in a row. And uh, here, if we look at between Cups, they have sometimes um, uh, qualified for, for two Cups in a row. Uh, but this is the first time they've done it for three times. So I don't know how significant that is. But I would say a team that's ranked in the top 10 
should be should be um, kind of a consistent uh, consistent in showing up at the finals or uh, reaching the quarterfinals. So, uh, uh, would you say that they're historically stronger now? I mean, by what I just said, um, that would say they're at a historical uh, peak almost. Yeah, I, w- I would kind of uh, agree that they are historically stronger now. Um, you know, coming out of a kind of a flat period, they've done well and, and a very strong in qualifying campaigns as well, very strong in the Nations League, coming off a of good Euros, um, which was recent enough. And I think they're keep, they've kept that core of the team together and they know how to play together very well. So, um, yeah, I think they're, they're a strong team and perhaps a dark horse uh, for later on in the tournament. Possibly so. Do you think they're uh, strong enough to overcome France here? I think it's certainly possible. Um, we, we see with some big teams, it sometimes takes them a bit of time to get going in a tournament. Um, and, and that could be the case with France. You know, when France and Denmark meet in their second game, I, I see a tie as being quite possible. And then it kind of comes down to p- potentially even goal difference. So I think it's quite plausible that Denmark uh, can win the group. All right. Well, looking at the bottom half of the table, uh, FIFA prefers Tunisia, whereas the odds makers and uh, ELO prefer Australia. What think you? I, I think Australia um, are coming in at a bit of a weak point, as we mentioned. Even looking at some of their players, um, obviously Tim Cahill was a talisman for them, but they don't seem to have kind of big players playing on as big teams as they have in the past. Um, yeah, uh, they- Schwarzer and... Yeah, others yeah. like that. So they've been dogged by a bit of inconsistency. So I, I don't see them as, um, yeah, kind of at a strong point in their history. Um, you know, Tunisia, um, you know, for them, it kind of looks a little bit like their last World Cup group where they had England and Belgium together, two strong European teams, and then them and Panama kind of fighting out for fourth third or fourth place in the group and that's exactly how that group played out although Tunisia did give England a scare um so I don't see um either team being being quite good enough to to challenge though though taking points off you know for both Tunisia and Australia taking points off the top two is not out of the question I just don't see it being enough to get out of the group yeah I gotta say I'm a bit worried about Australia's form coming into this cup we saw their their qualifications you know uh finishing third in the asian group and having to uh, qualify through playoffs although they did well in those playoffs uh the 2019 asian cup you know some teams can uh, can say they were steamrolled by qatar but actually uh, australia was knocked out by uae i guess they were the hosts uh when i look at their players though i i think that's a real concern especially in terms of scoring Whereas uh, Tunisia have a couple of scorers, uh, Wabi Kazri, and, and um, you know they don't seem to have that same problem that Australia has scoring. Australia have had it over the last couple of tournaments, and I, I don't really see a solution there. Like Jamie McLaren's okay, but he's not he's not a Tim Cahill, you know. Yeah. So as we're talking here, I think when I started the podcast, I was kind of. Uh, feeling that Australia had the had the edge, but now um, now I'm, I'm beginning to have my doubts. Yeah, I think Tunisia they they had the experience of playing in guitar. It's going to be a more familiar environment to them, and they may have some backing as as an Arab country. 
Um, so again, it's not by any stretch a, a home advantage, but there might be elements of that that come through for Tunisia. Yeah, you're right. I mean, Australia does play these Middle Eastern teams in their region, but we saw their road record uh, in in 2022 was, was quite weak. So uh, I think you're right, Tunisia will have an advantage, uh, both climate-wise and kind of feeling more at home. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, I've been putting up with your ducking and dodging here, but uh, now it's time to, to ask you to give it to me straight, Connor. How is this going to go, group going to turn out? I'm going to say France win the group ahead of Denmark. I think it's possible that they're tied on points, but if it does come down to goal difference, I give France the edge just with the players they have. So France first, Denmark second, and I'm going to go uh, Tunisia third, Australia fourth. Though again, it's possible that those two two may be tied on points as well. But um, I think Tunisia have a couple things in their favor, a bit more on the rise, a bit more at home. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, it's possible that they finish third. Yeah, I got to say, I came into this. Uh, uh, well, I'll start with, uh, actually, I'm going to pip Denmark over France. I think their consistency um, uh, is better. Not that I think that they'll go further in a tournament than France necessarily, but um, uh, I think their consistency will win out in the group stage. And I came in thinking uh, Australia and Tunisia, but I'm going to agree with you there. I think Tunisia have a couple of advantages, and I think particularly Australia's difficulty in scoring goals will see them finishing uh, in last place. All right. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of the uh, podcast, and we really appreciate you uh, listening. Yeah, those who are, are unfamiliar with our podcast might want to keep listening for some information about further listening. Uh, but if you're turning off uh, now, uh, we'll say goodbye and, and hope that you'll uh, tune in for our next podcast in the series. All right, great. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, uh, for the listening, we've done nine different series of podcasts if you're interested in a deeper dive. Uh, some of the information may be dated, but some of the histories focus on different aspects of the team histories, so it can help you to get to know teams more intimately. Yes, as mentioned, this is our 10th series, and we have done at least one series on every region except Oceania. We have files for that region too, and we'll do one down the road so as not to leave them out. But let's go region by region. Uh, right, so Europe, our first series was a group-by-group -group podcast on the teams of Euro 2020. Uh, that was played in the summer of 2021. And uh, for South America, we also did a group-by-group -group podcast on the teams in Copa America 2021. For North America, we have done three series on CONCACAF. The first was a group-by-group -group podcast on the teams in the 2021 Gold Cup. That included a look at Qatar. The second was a preview of the eight teams in the final round of World Cup CONCACAF qualifying. That came with our first player series, where we went team-by-team -team through the players. The third was an update halfway through that qualification. Yes, and for uh, Asia, we did a group-by-group -group podcast on the 12 teams in the final round of World Cup qualifying, and that included a deep dive into each team's World Cup qualifying history. We have done three series on African teams. The first was a group-by-group -group podcast on the 24 teams in the 2021 African Cup, played in early 2022. The second, done around the same time, was a team-by-team -team series on the players for each of those teams. 
Third and finally, we have recently concluded a series on almost all teams in Africa, a group-by-group -group examination of the 12 qualifying groups for the 2023 African Cup. This included a deep dive into their African Cup history, which was quite extensive. This provides a look into some of the lesser teams that rarely even qualify for the African Cup. Right, and we realize that not everyone is interested in the level of detail that we go into. So starting from that series, the 2023 African Cup series, uh, we're editing our media, media casts into shorter versions. Uh, generally, for groups and teams, this will just be a summary, uh, a summary uh, and discussion segments of the longer podcasts. And for the player, uh, the player ones, just the sections on the squad's overall strength and a list of the uh, main players that we expect to reach the competition. So uh, that's usually two or three groups per episode. Yes, otherwise each long version of the series contains a deep dive into the matter at hand. So if it's African Cup qualification, for example, it's a deep dive into the team's history of African Cup qualification. Or if it's the World Cup qualification, a deep dive into each team's history in qualifying for the World Cup. Right, and all of those podcasts can be found in our library at soccerfiles.captivate.fm. That's soccerfiles with a PH in the middle and an S at the end. And uh, we also provide a link to our website and other relevant material in the show notes for each uh, media cast. And in general, uh, to find us, you can type Soccer Files Canada into Google and uh, it's easy to find your way from there. Or just check out the show notes for this or any of our media casts and it'll be easy to navigate uh, from there. Okay, see you in our future media casts.